Westchester Talk Radio is broadcasting live. News, trends, and more. No one knows Westchester County better than we do. We are Westchester Talk Radio. Welcome to Westchester Talk Radio. I'm John Marino, and we are produced by Shark Creative, made possible by Robeson Oil, the house that's service built by Lipolis Electric. Don't be left in the dark. Get Lipolis. Hightower Westchester, managing your wealth to a fiduciary standard. By White Plains Hospital, by Michael Labriola, landscape design and construction of Armonk, and by Tompkins Mayopac Bank. Here on the Cup of Joe political show, we are joined by County Executive George Latimer. George Latimer running for re-election, election day, Tuesday, November 2nd. George Latimer has been in different forms and levels of government around Westchester for more than 30 years now, starting out in Rye. And he was first elected county executive in 2017, took office in early 2018, again running for a second term in office. George Latimer, welcome back to Westchester Talk Radio. These past four years, your biggest and best accomplishments. What do you think? Well, John, first of all, happy to be with you and uh, Westchester Talk Radio again. I think you'd have to describe the last four years have been affected dramatically by the COVID outbreak. Uh, it uh, Over the last year and a half, it's dominated everything. And whatever progress we made up to that point, everything, you know, froze, went on hold. I think what we've done is to give Westchester rational, intelligent leadership through this. We have not tilted too far to one side or to the other ideologically. We never said shut it all down, open it all up. We moved based on the numbers and the practicality of the situation. Right now, as we're having this conversation in October, <clears throat> uh, the COVID numbers are starting to drop again. We've gone about a month with a reduction from what came with the Delta variant at the end of uh, June, beginning of July. Uh, we have about uh, 50 some odd individuals who are uh, in, a, in the hospital being treated for COVID. That's down about half of what we were a month ago in, in August. We have. Um, and active cases, about 1,800 active cases. We were about 2,800 active cases a month ago. So for the moment that we're in right now, the numbers have gotten better and that's encouraging. Um, but we've tried to you know, adjust the county government to provide testing and vaccinations all across the board. We've helped deliver uh, PPE, masks, hand sanitizers to all kinds of organizations and institutions that needed it. Most recently, children's size masks for those elementary schools that have to satisfy the state mandate for masking. And we've tried to be a good partner with local governments, with not-for-profit organizations, clergy and so forth. And uh, and so I think the way we've responded to the COVID virus, which hit us before it hit any place else in New York State, we had the first 100 documented cases uh, before anybody else had more than one or two here in New York. Uh, I think we've shown responsibility. And uh, now that we're vaccinated almost, uh, almost 90%, of our adult population 18 and over, I think Westchester's responded well. So that's clearly the overarching situation. I think we've done a good job in stabilizing the finances of the county. For the last two years, we have cut the county property tax levy. Now, I know that may seem uh, you know, uh, counterintuitive given my party affiliation as a Democrat, but we've cut county property taxes the last two years and we expect to do it this year for the third straight year. And you haven't had three straight years in a cut in county levy in 20 years. Last time it happened, I was the chairman of the board of legislators and Andy Spano was county executive. So, uh, but it's more than just what you do with the tax rate. It's how you, what you do with spending and the size of the workforce and the bond rating. And uh, we had at the end of the prior term, the beginning of my term, uh, the bond rating agencies reduced Westchester's bond rating from AAA down a notch and put us on negative outlook. Over the course of the last couple of years, as we have 
tried to implement different fiscal policies, we've been able to lift that negative outlook to a stable outlook, which is a step in the right direction back up the, uh, uh, the level. And of course, your bond rating has a lot to do with your credit worthiness and how much you'll pay to borrow, and, and all governments have to borrow to do major capital projects. Uh, we've also stabilized uh, the size of the workforce. We're a smaller workforce today than we were four years ago. And I think that's consistent with a lot of indicators. We have today less crime, less violent crime today than we had four years ago. We have greater economic activity today. If you factor out the COVID impact, we have greater economic activity today than we had four years ago. We have a higher vaccination rate than the counties around us from the Bronx to Dutchess, Rockland, Orange, Suffolk, and so forth. Uh, we've shown that uh, this county is not losing population. Everybody's leaving Westchester, which is one of the narratives that's out there. We now have grown in population to a million people. And uh, we've, we've had that happen with, I think, energy and drive. So we don't take credit for the things that are happening in the society at large, but we also don't take a backseat to any narrative, political narrative. We think we've worked hard. We've done a decent job. We've fixed things that are broke. We have a good track record, and that's what I'm running on this year. I've mentioned this before, how Democrats and Republicans across the county throughout the pandemic have said George Latimer from day one put party politics aside. Everybody was equal, Democrat, Republican, liberal, conservative, etc. What's the key to this kind of governing style? Because as you know, you could open yourself up to a lot of criticism for doing that. Well, I think if you're oriented toward results, if you view that results are the most important thing that you're trying to achieve, then you can find common ground. If you're looking for a political advantage, if you say that, well, I want to win an election and I want to do that with the division of the electorate and I want to position blame on the other side of the aisle, then you head in a different direction. But for our purposes, we viewed results as being the gold standard uh, to be judged by. And why do we say that? Because we think that's what Westchester people are all about. In this county, you have successful men and women in every field of endeavor. You have major U.S. corporations that are based here. You have people that have been successful uh, in the arts, in law, in finance, you name it. And they didn't get to the top of their professions and live in this county by accident. They did it by focusing on getting results in the things that they care about, in education, in marketing, in media and advertising. So we made the determination early on that if we're going to move the county forward, we're not going to do it with an ideological argument. We're not going to say we're party A, they're party B, they're bad, we're good. Uh, we'll draw the differentiations and whenever we're attacked, by Party B, we will defend ourselves vigorously. I always remind people that I've had a corporate background. I've lived in Westchester all my life, 36 years in the city of Rye, but I grew up on the south side of Mount Vernon for the first 20 some odd years of my life. So I have that, you know, that uh, urban working family kid fighting ethic, and I'm, and I'm not afraid to stand up for the things that I believe in. And I think what, what you're seeing is in this hyper-political age where people are worrying about getting even, they're not getting ahead. We have to focus on accomplishing things, and that's what I'm proud of. I'm sure we'll talk about some of those things during this interview. But the work that we've done in our parks, the capital projects, the family court got kicked around like a football, we got it done. Spring Ridge pools were, were dry and empty for the bulk of eight years. Tree was growing out of one of them. We got those pools back in operation so kids can swim and enjoy themselves. And uh, along with the stabilizing of the finances of the county, I think we're on the right track, and we hope to be on the right track for the next four years. If reelected, what is the game plan for the next four years? Well, there's a lot of things we have to do. I mean, I can tick off some number of them. Uh, we're in the middle of some projects like Memorial Field. Uh, we didn't rush to get it done politically so we could have a ribbon cutting in time for an election. It'll be finished sometime early next year. 
that is a county project done at the benefit of Mount Vernon City. And uh, that field lay empty for 12 years, big mounds of dirt. Everybody gave up. Nothing's ever going to happen to Memorial Field. We got involved. We took on the project and we're going to get it done. So that's a project for the second term that we look forward to opening. We've made commitments to invest in the repair of the Tarrytown Sleepy Hollow Lighthouse. We've made commitments to improve the Whiteman Mansion, which is on the campus of Lenoir Preserve in Yonkers. We've made uh, commitments to uh, look at a number of different other areas where we know we can make improvement. Playland is one of them. We won't be managing it, but we still have an obligation for improvements on one level. Then we have situations of issues that will require debate discussion countywide. What's the future of the Westchester County Center? It's been used as a vaccination center now for almost two years. It will probably continue to be used as a vaccination center until COVID is behind us. But uh, what, what do we want that to be going forward? It's, it's a different kind of facility. It uh, would need to be modernized at a tremendous level. And uh, we need to have a, a discussion and I envision that being a second term priority. Uh, the county airport, we'd, we'd intended to have had a master plan discussion and have one in place by now, but that had to stop with COVID. We intend to have a robust discussion. We have been committed to not expanding the county airport, period. We stopped efforts to privatize it, put up uh, more modern equipment to monitor noise. Uh, we're, we're going after aggressively any pollution at that site that affects the drinking watershed. But the longer term picture has to be a public debate. It is a transportation facility of value. And at the same time, it is a difficult neighbor for the people that live around it or under the flight path. Uh, but we can't let any one set of voices make the decision. It has to be a, a community discussion as a county, and that's what I'm committed to doing. And it turns into a master plan that has to go through uh, environmental scrutiny and adoption by the Board of Legislators. I envision that in our second term as well. Most importantly, we've developed uh, during this tenure, I think, a partnership with local governments, with school districts, with our state delegation. We've worked on a host of issues. Police reform comes to mind, and we have to implement the best parts of police reform, even at the same time, funding the police. We don't believe in defunding the police, but we do believe in funding it and then also making the changes and the reforms that make the greatest sense. And i give you one example. We're launching uh, before the end of the year, the first three of our um, uh, programs on mental health crisis response teams, a major recommendation out of police reform agreed to by all sides. The police agree with it. The community activists agree with it, that we want to have med medical mental health professionals be able to respond with police in some incidents so that they can take the lead and have a successful conclusion without violence or tragedy. And we're going to launch three communities with it this year. We're planning to have five next year. Of course, next year is not given to me. I have to earn it on November 2nd. Uh, but uh, if, in fact, we move forward, that's another example of something we're working on now to implement for the next term. Is there anything you feel like you should have gotten done in the past four years and for whatever the reason might be, has not gotten done, but you think will get done? Well, I think, as I've said before, COVID has been a, um, uh, and a thing that has held us back in a number of areas. I've mentioned already the airport master plan. I think our efforts for affordable housing have been good. We're working now at about 2,500 units of affordable housing, and we've had openings of the Day Spring Commons in Yonkers, the Saw Pit Senior Center in Portchester, uh, the Mayfair units in Greenberg, all of those have been recent ribbon cuttings. We have more coming, and I think we're moving for more affordable housing, much more than we saw in the prior decade. But, you know, we're still in a situation where uh, I would want to have done more, and I think the pandemic really bumped us off the play. So now we have to hope that we can get more of that done as we go forward. Um, I also look at um, you know, some, of the, some of the issues in economic development. We've done a lot of innovative things 
excuse me, in economic development, you know, the old days was uh, economic development was you go get a big major corporation to relocate to Westchester. That's what I learned when I was growing up. IBM, PepsiCo, and a host of other companies came in that way. Now, economic development is more a function of small is the new big. A person has an idea, starts a company by himself alone or herself alone, has a few people working for them, and if the idea has merit and it grows, it becomes a 25-person business, a 50-person business. The greatest example of complete success is Regeneron, which began with Leonard Schleifer and George Yankopoulos having an idea and enough ability to expand it, and now it's a major U.S. corporation. But our initiatives, Element 46, Launch 1000, these programs are unconventional economic development, and I hope that in a second term we'll have time to see them uh, flower and become something of substance that we can look at and say, see how many entrepreneurs we've been able to launch. The North 60 project fits into the same category. We've signed an arrangement with Ferrari Associates uh, for 99 years to make land available for them to develop bioscience uh, uh, technology area. And uh, COVID has certainly set that, that effort backwards, but we hope that that will show fruition over the next four years. But John, you know, I'm very comfortable about something here. Every one of us has a certain amount of time, a certain amount of time in office and a certain amount of time on the planet. And I recognize that there are things that uh, will get done that will come after my tenure is over, whether it ends this year, whether it ends in the future. So I'm comfortable with that. It doesn't have to happen for me to cut the ribbon. One of my successors can cut the ribbon. What is important is that we put in motion right now, long-term thinking to, to, to deal with these things and develop things, not just what makes me look good for the next election, with that thought in mind, one of the things we accomplished over these last four years is I proposed and the Board of Legislators passed term limits on the position of county executive two and only two terms as county executive. That is the toughest term limits in the state of New York. And you will look a long time to find another public official that actually put in term limits on themselves because this law applies to me as well as my successors. And that acknowledges that this isn't about the individual. This is about something greater than the individual. Another example along the same spirit. First thing I did in office, first executive order I signed, I made it uh, uh, illegal, so to speak, for the name of the county executive to be on any general signage in the county. You don't drive in the county, look at a sign, welcome to Westchester, George Latimer County Executive. It never existed. You don't go into Playland Amusement Park or Saxon Woods Pool and see the name of the park and then at the bottom, George Latimer County Executive. That's gone now. And, and, and why? These assets belong to the people of Westchester, not to the county executive of the moment. And that's a different thought. You don't see that everywhere, but that's what I believe that now I'm in a position to do it. And we did it. And I think it's the right direction for Westchester. Westchester County Executive George Latimer here, Westchester Talk Radio. I'm John Marino. This is the Cup of Joe political show. The rent eviction moratorium. A lot of talk about that, how money was not distributed the right way, at least so far in New York State. What's happening with that now, at least locally in Westchester, for renters, landlords, businesses, et cetera? Well, when Westchester County was given an allocation of money to conduct a program, we thought, we looked about whether we did a program ourselves or we would partner with New York State, allow them to have the resources. We have Suffolk County, Nassau County, New York City partnered with the state. So we did the same thing. We thought that, well, the New York State resources are greater. Uh, we probably would exhaust the Westchester resources before we exhausted the claims on the Westchester resources. So uh, we, uh, we partnered in with the state of New York. State of New York uh, has not had 
as, uh, as encouraging a result as we would like to have seen. They've been slow to get the money out of the doors. Uh, the state legislature postponed the lifting of the uh, eviction moratorium from the end of August to January 15th, so by some time. But the state now, under new governor, Kathy Hochul, uh, has the opportunity to get the program jump-started. Uh, our job is to promote it, to try to get as many people to sign up for it as is appropriate if they face eviction. And of course, what, what the program does is pay the landlord uh, some of, maybe not all of, some of the back rent owed in exchange for them not evicting the individual. Because if we had mass evictions all across the county, they'd have no place to go. We'd have an instant explosion of homeless population that we wouldn't be able to handle. So this is not just uh, sympathy for the individual tenant, nor for the economic plight of the landlord, but this is practical mindedness. However, uh, we now we're sitting here as we have this conversation in the month of October, and I think we all know we need to see more progress from the state in order for us to feel comfortable that we'll hit the January 15th deadline and, and the people in need will be helped. And the, that means both the landlords and the tenants. That's the way uh, we see this playing out. We hope it'll play out uh, properly. New York State will allocate more than $90 million throughout the Hudson Valley to fight the opioid epidemic. Westchester is going to get the most, apparently, 10 to $18 million. That number is still to be determined. Did we, because of the COVID pandemic, somewhat forget the opioid epidemic? Well, I think COVID really blotted out everything. You know, as, as I've said already, uh, you know, we, we reallocated resources to address the COVID on television day after day. It was COVID, 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 and for good reason. It was a, a pandemic, the likes of which we have not experienced in our life on this planet. But uh, the opioid uh, explosion has been there all along, and it's been disconcerting because it cuts across all different demographics. It cuts across geographic uh, breakdowns. You have an opioid crisis in the small towns of upstate New York, as you do in the suburban uh, enclaves outside of the city, as you do in the urban neighborhoods of New York City and the other cities in the region. So uh, the opioid crisis is real. Uh, Westchester County, the first month that I was in office, we filed as claimants in the lawsuit against the pharmaceutical companies and Westchester, Nassau, Suffolk, Onondaga, other counties filed as well. Um, however, when New York State came in uh, under Attorney General Letitia James, uh, there was real oomph behind it. New York State's Attorney General's office was able to uh, really help uh, stand up to the um, uh, the efforts made by the pharmaceutical industry to, to avoid liability for this. And ultimately now there are judicial uh, settlements that are coming out with money available. But this is not $13 million wishes to kind of here, go put it in your bank, uh, spend it as you see fit. This is meant to target programs that deal with opioid addiction. And we have in Michael Orth, who's the head of our community mental health organization, and in Tom Gleason, our commissioner sheriff, two very, very capable people whose task it is is to figure out how best to use these resources to get at the root causes of this. And it's not going to be easy to do it. Uh, you know, I've had a weight problem most of my life. Um, how do you get me to get me to change my behavior, to not eat the foods that I shouldn't eat and to exercise? It's very difficult. And, and how much more difficult is it with those who have an addiction? In this case, an addiction to uh, prescription painkillers or uh, an addiction to heroin, whatever that, uh, that terrible addiction is. So we believe we can come back with, uh, you know, intelligent programs that can reach quite a lot of people and have a positive impact. That's how we're going to bulk, use the bulk of the money for. There may be some other uh, allowable uses based on the structure from the state, but uh, this money is going to help us do what we have to do in dealing with this crisis, and I hope we'll make headway. 
How receptive has Governor Kathy Hochul been overall to what Westchester needs now and seemingly for the future since she has taken office? Well, Kathy's been in office as we speak about a month and a half, and uh, I've dealt with her, known her beforehand during her time as lieutenant governor, during my time in the state legislature. Uh, I know her to be a very down to person, a very warm person. Uh, she's taken on the job in a moment of crisis. And so, uh, I, as I've said a couple times already, I think we all owe her a little bit of zone of, uh, uh, you know, distance to let her get uh, her feet wet and her programs underway. Uh, she has inherited about 16 months of a term uh, from her predecessor. And that's not a lot of time. Plus, with the political clock ticking, there are all sorts of different things happening. But I have to say, when we had the floods uh, in um, uh, right after, uh, right before Labor Day in Westchester County, Governor Hochul came, and I might add, so did Senator Schumer, so did Senator Gillibrand. They were here on the ground in Westchester, surveying damage in Yonkers, damage in Mamaroneck, and the governor and the other major officials have always been very responsive to Westchester. We've cultivated a good relationship with elected officials at every level our U.S. Senators and our members of Congress, our county legislators, our state legislators. I've held a lot of these positions myself. I know what it's like to be an assemblyman, a senator, a county legislator, a, a local councilman. And so I have that sensitivity in the way we go about in our intergovernmental uh, services area of working together with local governments and high up the line. Governor Hochul has been uh, very responsive to us, but you know, like anything else, um, uh, we haven't been tested to the next level. And I think uh, we all are waiting for what comes next. Uh, you know, we've had flood and we've had pandemic. So I guess locust plague is coming next. But whatever comes next, if it's not scripted, that will be the test of leadership. It will be the test of leadership for all of us, from a governor to a mayor to a councilman to a county executive. How do we handle ourselves under pressure? How do we handle ourselves when the unexpected happens? And, and we don't know. We just hope that we're people of character and people of energy and people of courage. And we will respond. My father told me that once when he talked about what happened in his youth. He was a youth in the Depression, as was my mother. And then uh, the war years came. He was overseas. My mother was stateside. They didn't know each other until after the war. And um, they did what they had to do, and they survived. And after the war, they met, and along comes me and my sister. And, um, and he said to me, he said, you know, George, you, you, you haven't been tested yet. This is when he was still alive, you know, 25 years ago. He said, you haven't been tested yet. We were tested. We were tested severely in those years, and uh, we got through them. And you're going to have to be ready for the test whenever it comes. Now I'm, you know, 25 years older than then. I'm approaching my 70th year, and it, perhaps COVID is the test. But whatever it is, it's a test for all of us. But I fundamentally believe that, optimistically, that Americans will work through these things. Our diversity is our strength. The fact that we have in our administration women who are decision makers, African-American who are decision makers, Latinx who are decision makers, Asian-Americans in prominent positions. That strengthens our ability to respond to whatever comes our way. So I'm optimistic in that general way because I know that, that we're resilient people. At the same time, I'm realistic to know that when something happens that we didn't anticipate, we have to dig deep and find something inside of us as individuals. And it doesn't have to be a parade. It doesn't have to be the way we strut. We can be quietly confident and quietly committed to making things happen. So many names being thrown about, bandied about who might run for governor, who is running for governor. Once in a while, somebody says to me, hey, how about George Latimer? Any thoughts about throwing your hat into the ring now or maybe four years down the road? Well, I mean, the first thing is I've got a job that I really do love and the people who I work with on this floor know that I love this job and, and, and we formed a good team. And, and I'm hoping to have that opportunity in the next 
26 days that my fellow residents of Westchester will give me that opportunity for one more four-year term. Not any more than that, but just for another four years. And that's my focus right now. I know the winds are swirling around governor and, and some of the other positions will swirl depending on who gets in the race. There's a long list of people who might be running. Governor Hochul has announced she's running. Um, there's a lot of speculation about Attorney General Tish Chang. She has not announced anything yet. And there are other people and players. So at this stage of the game, I'm going to let politics take its own course. I'm not focused on that. I'm not blind to it. And I'm going to try to be cutesy about it. Um, but uh, and, and nobody ever knows what's going to happen. So if you get there and you say, you know, never, and then you never know when never is going to have to be words that you eat. But I'm not thinking in that direction. I am interested in making sure that the next governor or the same governor, another governor, that the governor of this state knows what Westchester's needs are, understands them and can help us achieve them. And uh, since I am by almost, uh, you know, uh, total experience and background, a person who likes to balance things off and try to make intelligent decisions down the middle, I hope that's the kind of uh, leadership we have in the state. There are progressive things we can do, but I don't want to see us work and expand the divisions of the society. I want to see us solve problems and, and give a better life for the people that live in this county. I know you're for more than 30 years, and I know that whenever you've run for office, the polls could say George Latimer leads his opponent 99% to 1%. You campaign as if you're trailing 1% to 99%. With that in mind, are you surprised your Republican opponent, Christine Schulte, at least seemingly has not mounted more of a challenge? I know it's tough for her here. Democrats vastly outnumber Republicans. Yet I would have thought she would have put up a bit more of a fight. Well, the campaign isn't over. And I've learned over the years that uh, sometimes people hold their resources till late and then they have a blitz. And just when you think it's all over and you're relaxed, then all of a sudden you're struggling, you know, to survive. I've, I've been in a number of races. I have been the underdog in races. I have challenged incumbents a couple of times. I have been the incumbent that was challenged. I have been pounded by opponents that had a lot more money than me. Uh, it's been a while since I had a lot more money than my opponents. So I kind of forgot what that experience is like. But, you know, I take the attitude that this is not me against somebody else. This is me trying to make a case to you. You're the voter. You're going to decide. You're going to screen the other person. And you're going to look at the other person and what their, what their circumstances are. It's not up to me to define that. It's up for me to define to you what it is about me that I hope gives you the confidence that I have done this job for four years and I've done it well enough to earn it for another four years. And I think what's wrong in politics today is the constant attacking, the constant negativity, the, the desire for candidate A to spend most of their time talking about candidate B, as opposed to talking about what they intend to do. In, in the 26 days I have left and in all of the days since I announced in January that I was going to run for a second term, I've tried to focus on what can I do? You, you've asked me questions. What are my plans for next year? I've laid them out for you. I'm out in the community every single day. I visit uh, large groups, small groups. And, and, I, and I make my case. Sometimes it's not a speech. Sometimes it's just what you say in individual conversations. And, and I do run with a certain urgency. And even now, when you knew me 30 years ago, and I was thinner then, although I'm getting better now, um, you know, I ran with the energy of a young man in the 30s. And now I run with the, hopefully the wisdom of a man in his 60s uh, who understands more of how these things work and knows how to get things accomplished. But at the end of the day, it's not about what the other person does or doesn't do in this race. It's about what can I do and can I be persuasive enough uh, that you believe that I deserve these four years? And if you're not convinced by what I do, 
then there's nothing I can say about the other person that's going to change your mind. I have to deliver the goods. That's what I'm trying to do. George Latimer, best of luck to you on Election Day, and I look forward to us speaking again. Thank you, John. It's always a pleasure to be with you. Always a pleasure to be with you, George Latimer. Much appreciated here on Westchester Talk Radio. John Marino, produced by Shark Creative. Cup of Joe, political show made possible by Robeson Oil, the house that service built by Lipolis Electric. Don't be left in the dark. Get Lipolis by Hightower Westchester, managing your wealth through a fiduciary standard by White Plains Hospital and also by Michael Labriola, landscape design and construction of Armonk and Tompkins Mayapak Bank. Catch all of our Westchester, Rockland, Putnam and Dutchess, Orange and Fairfield County talk radio programming on our YouTube channel, Shark Creative YouTube, and download our app. We have one now. It's called Westchester Talk. You're listening to Westchester Talk Radio. Powered by Shark Media, a division of Shark Creative. And made possible by Entergy, Indian Point Energy Center. Visit safesecurevinyl.com.